You're listening to the Touchdown Under podcast with Emilian and Jack, bringing you NFL news and insight from Down Under. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Touchdown Under podcast. This is episode five. I'm Jack, your host, and as always, I'm joined by Emilian. Hey, guys, how's it going? And once again, Arif is back with us today. How are you, mate? I'm very good, mate. Good to hear. We've got another blockbuster episode here of the TDU podcast. Another predictions episode, boys, but this week it is team predictions. We went through our player predictions last week and we're going to cap it off with our big team predictions. We've got a list of predictions to go through this episode and it should be a fun one. Yeah, absolutely. This Mm -hmm. was arguably some of my favourite episodes last year, but happy to go through with it this year again. That's right. But as always, we're going to kick it off with some news that has happened over the past week since our last episode. And uh, kicking things off was the, uh, the Miami Dolphins and cornerback Xavier Howard have come to terms on a restructured contract just one week after the star defensive back requested a trade. With all mini camp fines rescinded, Howard can make upwards of $16 million in 2021, which would make him the league's highest paid cornerback this upcoming season. Now, what I want to know from you, Emilian, is did the Dolphins make the right decision in restructuring Howard's contract? Uh, I do believe so because that's what will keep him happy. And I think that they have to make sure their best player is happy, especially considering how well they played last year. He definitely deserves to have a contract uh, that makes him one of the best paid cornerbacks in the league. So Dolphins definitely didn't make the right choice here. Roof? Yeah, I agree. He's been a very consistent performer over the last couple of years and Keeping him in Miami and happy, as a million said, is very key to their success going forward. I agree. There was obviously uh, talk about, um, you know, a trade, but I think just, you know, as we predicted a million, that um, a restructured contract was in um, both sides' best interests there, and that's uh, what has happened. So good news there for the Dolphins and Howard. The Indianapolis Colts and linebacker Darius Leonard have agreed to terms on a five-year, $98.5 million contract extension. It makes Leonard the top-paid inside linebacker in football. Arif, is Leonard worth this kind of money? Personally, I definitely think so. I think he's a game-changing linebacker. He can really do it all. He, we, we know he really racks up the tackles and hits it on the stat sheets week in and week out, but... He does a lot of other good things that bring his teammates into the game and overall a pretty good leader going forward for the Indianapolis Colts. So I definitely think he's worth this kind of contract. Million? Well, it's obvious he's arguably their best player on that defense. But in terms of as being one of the best, being paid as the best linebacker in the league, I think it's a bit much uh, considering some of the other players you have in the league, especially the likes of Bobby Wagner and all that. And I think this just sets a precedent Going forward, uh, I think we're going to see a very similar sort of contract extension for Devin White in the future, considering how well he's been playing. So I think it's just going to be throwing a lot of positions nowadays. They want more money for what they are. You see this with running backs, you're seeing it with linebackers, you're seeing it with safeties and Jamal Adams. We're just seeing more and more money thrown at various positions and seeing all these big record-breaking contracts. And I don't know if this is the best option going forward for the Colts. 
I really, really like that um, input there, Emilian, and I completely agree. I think, um, especially considering Leonard is an off-ball linebacker, I don't know if this kind of money is is um, worthy of that position. Not certain, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that Leonard's a bad player by any means because he's definitely a top three player at that specific position. But as you said, um, it does set a precedent. And um, you know, as a Bears fan, I look at uh, Roquan Smith, who is certainly going to demand that kind of money now. Um, as a result of this extension. So um, personally, I'm not a massive fan of it. Obviously, if you know, if you land it, it's a great contract for him. Hopefully he can um, play to the level that that contract demands and um, hopefully works out for both sides. But it does take a massive chunk out of their salary cap. And when you look at the position it is, I feel like there are more valuable positions than inside linebacker to be paying that, uh, that much money for. But um, he's a great player. And... Um, it was good that I locked him up on a contract. So for five years. Um, so I guess, you know, that's a silver lining there for them. <clears throat> now on to some Michael Thomas news. Now it has been rumored that tensions are growing between the New Orleans Saints and all pro wide receiver, Michael Thomas. Thomas reportedly ignored calls from his trainer and the team for months this off season regarding surgery for his injured ankle. However, just recently, it has now been said that Thomas and head coach Sean Payton, quote, met recently to clear the air over frustrations and are not seeking a split. It's a lot of information to take in over this past week, but what does that, all of this mean for Thomas's future in New Orleans? And Emilian, do we really think they'll be able to patch things up? I think, I think they'll be able to patch things up, but that doesn't necessarily mean you keep Thomas on to the team. Maybe they'll reach a mutual agreement that maybe they will trade him for, for his benefit as well. Maybe he'll, I think it, it won't be an angry sort of uh, future between, between Michael Thomas and the front office, whether he does play or not for the census season, that's yet to be seen. But um, I think that they'll have a healthy relationship and obviously he's a huge part of that offense, but I don't see the Saints be doing anything great this season anyways. So maybe the Saints can get something out of Michael Thomas. Yurif, what are your thoughts? I kind of, I partly agree with you, Emilian, but in, I think, yeah, maybe it's not going to be such a, an aggressive kind of split, but I still think the whole situation is a bit of a ticking time bomb. I think <coughs> um, with this whole Sean Payton and Michael Thomas meeting up, it's just giving them a bit more time, I guess, to see if they can work things out. But I still think in the end, they're probably going to part ways. It's just a matter of time, I reckon. And whether it's this season or next season or, or whenever, it, I, I think it's going to eventuate at some point. It just doesn't seem like the best kind of relationship. And like you said, since the Saints have lost all those players and they're not looking like they're going to challenge for the division title, maybe it is worth trying to ship him off to another team who is in need for a wide receiver. I like both your points, but I think, Riff, I'm leaning more towards you here. I feel like when you're looking at the people who are involved, I think Michael Thomas is a bit um, known for being a bit of a diva. He has had, you know, he, he's been known in the past to kind of vent his frustrations over social media. Um, and I, I really wasn't a fan um, when I heard about the fact that he'd been ignoring calls from the team and his trainer and the coach. It just doesn't, it doesn't it's not a good look at all. And Lucky, uh, like, but like you said, Emilian, the Saints aren't really going anywhere for the foreseeable future. So maybe you know it, it's it's in their best interest as well as Thomas to trade him and try and get some 
draft capital back because um, I think, you know, you, you can still get a lot out of, um, you know, a trade, you know, for Thomas. So, um, but yeah, Arif, I think it is a ticking time bomb and um, I can't see Thomas in um, New Orleans for very much longer. Um, now, there is reportedly an open quarterback competition in Jacksonville between rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence and third-year veteran Gardner Minshew. Um, Emilian, who should start week one for the Jaguars? Well, honestly, I, I, I can't say outright. I saw Trevor Lawrence's performance just this morning um, against the Browns. He was all right, uh, but then again, it's just preseason. I think... Gardner Minshew, I think, has earned his spot as a starting quarterback. Um, so I think that he should be the starter unless Trevor Lawrence can show in the preseason or at training why he should be the definitive starter week one. I, I agree with that point. I think, although I didn't really catch the game live and see his overall performance, I did see a bit of highlights from Trevor Lawrence. And I saw that, like Amelian said, I think he's definitely going to have to earn it in the next couple of weeks if he wants to start. I think Minshew personally is a capable starting quarterback. I'm not sure if he'll be able to hold that position for the entirety of the regular season, but I think right now he's in the driver's seat to start week one. Yeah, I agree with your points, um, both of you guys. I think with Minshew as well, he's a pretty um, outspoken kind of personality. I think he's very, I think he's, from what I've seen, he sounds quite driven to, um, keep his starting spot in Jacksonville. I think you guys are right, Trevor Lawrence will have to earn his spot and it will take a bit of time. It's not, I don't think it's going to happen over just, you know, training Kevin preseason. I think he will start the season as the number two quarterback personally. But um, Emilian, it's a good segue into our uh, last little point here. Um, and that is obviously with the preseason, you know, kicking in now. And uh, just this morning, um, Australian time, we saw a lot of, you know, the young quarterbacks who were selected in this past draft, um, you know, get a fair few snaps for their respective teams this morning. You know, we saw um, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and the other day we saw Mac Jones with the Patriots. And boys, I want to get your thoughts or just some impressions, because obviously we're not going to react to, you know, their um, their little performances in these games. But um, I want to get your thoughts, starting with you, Arif, on how you saw the... Um, rookie quarterbacks uh, in their first preseason action? I think some of them were a lot calmer than I was expecting, but easily my favourite out of all the performances was Justin Fields. Just seeing him running around in the pocket, not panicking, it just reminded me of a young Russell Wilson back in the 2012 preseason. I think they share a lot of similar traits in my opinion. Maybe that's not shared by other people, but... I was definitely impressed by his composure and some of those throws he made, even though um, many of them were incomplete. I, I feel like he's he's got really good arm talent and unfortunately it's not a very good like sign as to whether he's going to succeed in the regular season as many of these rookie quarterbacks were playing against second team defenses. But I think overall it's something to work on throughout the rest of the preseason and some of them are looking really good. Yeah, it's a good point, Riff. Um, I obviously was up in the early hours of the morning watching fields and, um, you know, it was a bit of a shaky start just because of um, the guys around him, you know, 
um, committing penalties that weren't really helping him out. But um, he definitely, definitely grew into, the, uh, grew into it as the game went on and made some really nice throws. Most of, most of his throws were um, on target Actually, it's just a matter of, um, I think at the start, he was against the second team and a bit of first team Dolphins defense. So um, they kind of shut him at the first one or two drives and then he kind of got things going um, later in the game. But yeah, it was definitely promising, but I really liked um, the first impression that Trey Lance gave me from the 49ers game. He, you know, um, he threw an 80 yard touchdown um, to... Trent Sherfield um, in that game. That was that was quite a highlight. So um, yeah, I think Fields and Lance were the two that kind of stuck out to me this morning. Emilian? Yep, I'm with you on that. I think those two really uh, performed really well. And in terms of Trey Lance, I think it's good because he's obviously not going to be the starter week one. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's made that quite apparent that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy going forward for this season at least. And Trey Lance will have his his part in the system. Um, but Justin Fields, it, it, it brings up the question, uh, if he continues to play like this in the preseason, does, should there be a consideration of him being the starter in week one for this Bears team to be really competitive? Because I don't think they're going to get that competitiveness with Andy Dalton. And I think Justin Fields can bring that because I saw a lot of uh, plays made by him extending the play and playing really well. So could that be the question? Well, could Justin Fields start week one? Yeah, I think it's a um, it's definitely a question worth discussing. Um I do have a little bit more faith in Dalton than you do, Emilian, just based on what I've um, seen from reports in training camp. He does, it sounds like he is quite comfortable um, running offense, but of course, by no means is he a long-term answer. Um, as much as I would like to see Fields from the get-go, I don't know how smart it is to throw him straight in, especially just because um, the Bears' offensive line has once again um, suffered a few injuries just in training camp, their second round um, tackle Tevin Jenkins has not participated in training camp. Um, they're starting right tackle Jermaine Fetty is injured. Um, and so they've had to sign 39-year-old Jason Peters just this morning to um, compete for that starting left tackle spot. So the offensive line, as it was last year, is a little bit decimated just to start. So I don't know. I mean, it really depends on who's available come, you know, the lead up to week one. But um um, I, I think there's, you know, if he continues his play as he has so far, um, then he's definitely going to make a case to start and he's going to put a lot of pressure on Matt Nagy. All right, now that's out of the way. We're going to get into our team predictions now, boys, and we're going to kick it off with um, our injury-riddled teams from 2020. That will be significantly better this season and we have picked one each. We'll start with you, Emilian. Alrighty. Um, much like my return to form players from last week, this is going to be a pretty obvious one. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers division rivals of my team. Um, I was kind of disappointed uh, as a as a team that loves uh, as, play, as a guy that loves comp- competitive teams. It was sad to see so many good players on that team uh, end their season so early. So I expect a lot of them to come back stronger um, and just as good. And I think that team as a whole is going to benefit from that. I see them getting about 11 wins and potentially competing for a wildcard spot there. Arif? Yeah, I got the same team, the Niners. Um, I completely agree with your point, Million. It was sad to see all those good guys go down, but we know when they're healthy, they are competitive. As we saw, they did make the Super Bowl the previous season, and most of their personnel are still there, especially their big playmakers, you know, Nick Bosa, 
Fred Warner, all those kind of guys. It'll be interesting to see how a few of their offensive losses um, change the way they play, I guess. But, yeah, I, I think they'll definitely be a lot better than last season. My team is the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, they had a few significant injuries. Um, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Austin Eckler missed some time. Um, and obviously with the new head coach, Brandon Staley, there, I think um, they are going to have a much better season in 2021 than in 2020. And so I've gone with the Chargers here. Now onto teams that we think will regress. We've gone with two each. We'll start with you, Emilian. Alrighty, uh, one of my teams is a team we've talked about. Uh, they've just had a Hall of Fame QB retire. It is the New Orleans Saints. They went 12 and four last year. They won the division. Um, I don't think there's a chance they're nearly as competitive this year. Um, I see them losing a lot of games early on, especially because of their QB room. I don't think either Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston are capable starters, especially uh, to lead this team to a winning record, especially with all the pieces falling around them. They don't have a lot of depth at wide receiver, especially if Michael Thomas goes. They have basically no receivers. Um, the offense is going to rely on Alvin Kamara and that defense just lost too much depth this offseason. I see them losing a lot of games. I think they'll win six games maximum. My second team is a team that didn't do too well last year. They're known for being an awful franchise. They're in the NFC North. It's the Detroit Lions. Uh, They just uh, haven't been any good uh, in the past 50 years and I don't see them getting any better. I think that the loss of Stafford is huge. Uh, Jared, Jared Goff is not going to be a capable starter for them. Uh, they don't have any pieces. They got rid of Kenny Galladay. Their defense is no good. Um, I see them being the worst team in the league this year. I like it. I like it a million. Um, although I think it'd be hard to regress from what they were last season. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you know how low they can go. Um, one of my teams is the same as yours. It is the New Orleans Saints. Um, I agree with your points. I don't think. Um, they're going to be able to get back to where they were this season with guys like Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill leading the charge. Um, and, you know, stuff that's going on with Thomas doesn't help either. I just don't really see them, you know, making much noise in the NFC South. Um, and the other team, I think, will regress, who had a good season last year, but choked when it mattered, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, ben Roethlisberger's play really declined in the second half of last season. And, um, you know, he's, he, his days are numbered now as a quarterback in the NFL. And I really do think this season has the potential to be his last, especially if he is as um, unproductive as he was towards the end of last year. You know, they had a really good regular season, but then, you know, they just got killed by the Browns in that playoff game. So um, I think that really killed their momentum, especially going into this season. They lost a lot of key pieces. Um, on defense, you look at guys like um, Bud Dupree, especially, who played well last season. It's really just TJ Watt, who's really the main guy on defense for them now, um, and Mika Fitzpatrick. But they lost a lot of guys, and I just don't really believe much in their prospects this season. Riff? Yeah, I, I had the same team as you, Jack. I had the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Big Ben's going to take a big step back in terms of um, how he performed last year. I think that their second half of the season really showed um, their true colours in a sense. I think they had a reasonably favourable beginning of the 
um, season schedule. And we they, they really showed, especially in that last game against the Browns, how they can be picked apart pretty easily. So that's my first team. And my second team is someone who I don't think will regress too much, but certainly noticeably they won't be making the playoffs, in my opinion, is the Indianapolis Colts. I think they're going to take a couple – or they're going to have a terrible start to the season, especially since Wentz – and Nelson aren't going to be there. But um, I think in general, they've they've lost a bit of depth and um, they're coming up against the Titans obviously twice a season and a couple of other difficult matchups in the second half of the season when Wentz will be back that he'll find hard to deal with. So I think they're going to maybe potentially be eight and eight or lower. On to our teams now that will exceed expectations. One team of two each. I'll kick it off with one of my teams, and that is the uh, New York Giants. I think um, they have the potential to exceed expectations this season, um, but it all really relies upon um, the performance of Daniel Jones. And I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a video that's been circulating um, about uh, from uh, sorry of Jones at um, practice the other day. He threw an absolute duck of a pass, and it just looked really ugly. And but. I'm hoping that he is able to um, uh, make a jump this season for the Giants' sake because they have improved around him. You know, they've added some pieces on defense, but especially on offense, um, you know, they've got Kenny Golley now um, who's going to be his main target. So um, it's really on Jones to um, really make the leap that everyone needs him to um, in New York. And I think that while the leap may not be huge, I think he'll do enough so that they, as a team, do exceed expectations. My other team is the Carolina Panthers. Um, I, I feel like no one's really talking too much about the Panthers um, aside from, you know, the stuff about Sam Darnold. I think it's going to be really good for him just being in this new environment. There's less pressure on him now um, at a new team. And, you know, it, it, Carolina's obviously a smaller market than New York. So it's, I just think there's going to be a lot of weight off his shoulders as opposed to the kind of pressure he was feeling in New York. Um, again, they've got some nice pieces around them as well. And um, obviously with Christian McCaffrey returning, that's just going to really, really um, assist Darnold in terms of, you know, moving the ball when you've got someone like that who can just take the load off every now and again. And they've got a strong young defense as well. So I think the Panthers, um, personally, I think the Panthers will be, the, will be the second best team in the NFC South behind the Buccaneers and um, I think they have a chance to make the playoffs. Yep. Uh, I guess I'll go next then. Um, so my first team is one that you mentioned, Jack, earlier in the episode. Uh, it's the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I think they're also going to uh, improve from last year. And I think the expectations for them have been set low just because of the sort of quality of play associated with the franchise. But I think this year, um, Justin Herbert, I think he's going to take his sophomore leave. He's going to play just as good as he did last year, if not better. Um, the defense, obviously, when healthy, can be a, a one really strong unit uh, led by Nick, uh, sorry, not Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, and obviously the returning Derwin James. Uh, Brandon Stelly's now their head coach, and that's partly why I picked him as my coach of the year last week is because I think the Chargers as a whole are going to improve and sort of uh, compete in the AFC West. I don't think it's going to be guaranteed that the Chiefs win the division. I think that the Chargers are going to give them a fight. Um, yep, I really like the Chargers this year. I hope they can produce pretty well. And my second team is a team that I've been wanting to talk about for a while now. I'm really high on them this year. It's the same team you picked, Jack. It's the Carolina Panthers. 
I really love the offseason they had. Um, I really like the Sam Darnold uh, trade, as obviously I picked him as my breakout player last year. Um, I think just they have one of the best wide receiver rooms uh, in, the, in the NFL. When you've got Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore there as your one and two guys on the outside. Uh, you've also got David Moore, who's a really reliable player. Um, while he's not the best in the NFL, obviously, but he's a really reliable guy on third downs and such. And they also uh, drafted an LSU receiver in Terrace Marshall, who can be a really good player. I think that he could pan out pretty well. He's been decently impressive in training camp. And obviously, as you said, Jack, their defense has been really, uh, really promising, led by Jeremy Chin. Obviously, you've also got Derek Brown on the defensive line, Brian Burns. You've got some really good pieces there. And I think the Panthers are going to compete for a wildcard spot. I like it. Ruth? All right, so for my two teams, I've gone with one of the NFC South teams as well. But instead of the Panthers this time, it's going to be the Atlanta Falcons. And I know that they have defensive issues, but in general, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. Maybe they're not going to perform to an exceptionally high level. I don't think they're necessarily going to make the playoffs, but people are predicting them to have a pretty poor season. I don't even think they're going to come last in their division, to be honest. I think they're going to have one of the most potent offenses in the league, especially if Kyle Pitts gets going. That guy is an incredible athlete. And if he manages to have a good rookie season and they rely on Ridley quite a bit, I think they're going to have some success. Also, don't sleep on Mike Davis because that guy is pretty impressive as well. Back Coming back to his Seattle and Carolina days. My second team is kind of the opposite side of the spectrum a team that people think is probably going to do quite well but I think they're going to exceed the expectations that, that that have been put on them right now and that's the Cleveland Cleveland Browns I think a lot of people are, are predicting that they're going to make the playoffs they're going to push for that division one spot I think they can make it even further than that they have one of the strongest rosters in the league in my opinion and they have a great defensive pairing that we mentioned last week with Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. I think if they can get going, um, they'll they'll be one of the forces in the league and really push for the AFC Championship, in my opinion. That's a um, really bold call there, if the one on the Falcons. Um, but we shall see how that works out for you. Um, we're going to go on now to our division winners predictions and we're going to zip through these starting off the AFC East. I think, um, I, I, th- I mean, I, I, I think you guys would agree that the um, Buffalo Bills are probably going to take the AFC East once again this season. Am I right? Yep. They're, they're my pick. I do believe it. I do think Dolphins are going to give them a fight though. Arif? Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty um, clear cut that it's the Bills. But yeah, Dolphins won't be too far behind. Yeah, for me, the Dolphins, it all relies upon um, how big of a jump tour makes. But yep, Bills in the AFC East. AFC North um, ties in a little bit with your um, team who is exceeding your expectations. Riff, I've gone with the Browns here. I think they um, overtake the Steelers and. Um, Ravens, uh, I think they will be the best team in that division. Um, I think Baker Mayfield continues on with his good season last year. Obviously, I don't think the Steelers will be anywhere near it this year, and it'll really be a battle between the Browns and the Ravens, but <clears throat> I think there's more... I think the Browns' offense is just a bit stronger than the Ravens. Yep. Um, for me, it was hard deciding between the Ravens and the Browns, 
but ultimately I went with the Browns just because of the the uh, the more balanced roster. I think that the Ravens are going to be offense heavy this year. I don't know how good their defense is going to be. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be it's all going to come down to those two two games they face each other. The Browns obviously lost both last year. Um, one of them was an incredibly tight game. That was one of the games of the year last year. But I think the Browns as a whole will improve. And I think, as Riff said, Miles Garrett and Javon Clown will bring a lot of pressure up front. That'll alleviate some of the stress in the secondary. And I think that if Odell can stay healthy uh, and play at his best, Baker Mayfield's going to have a much easier time on that offense. Yeah, I'd like your point there, Emilian. I think it's really going to come down to those divisional matchups. We saw they kind of made the AFC North last season, especially with those Ravens-Browns game. I think that was a real difference in their positioning right there. But I'm going to stick with my bold prediction. And um, that I, I think the Cleveland Browns will win the AFC North. On to the AFC South. And um, I've gone with the Tennessee Titans. Again, I think this is one of the more um, obvious ones in my mind. Um, I think the Titans have a pretty clear run at it, especially now with what's happened to um, Wentz and Nelson in Indianapolis, Riff? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree with your point, especially with Wentz not being there for the first few weeks of the season. They, they're going to be put behind at the get-go. I think they're the only team that could really potentially challenge the Titans. So I think the Titans will easily run away with this division. Yep, I agree mm-hmm. with you guys. Um, if you had asked me two weeks ago who I, who I thought would win the division, I'd could have gone with the Colts just because they had a more complete roster. But now without Quentin Nelson or Carson Wentz, their QB play is going to struggle. And the Titans really have a weak defense. That's their that's their only and biggest weakness, in my opinion. And the Colts could have exploited that with good with a good offense. And I don't think they'll have that without Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson. So I've gone with the Titans as well. AFC West, um, Emilian. Uh, as I said, the Chargers, I think, will compete for it. But I can't see anyone dethroning the Kansas City Chiefs and knock them off that AFC West throne. Uh, Mahomes is going to dominate the division again, but yeah, I've gone with the Chiefs. Ruth? Yeah, same. Pretty easy for me. I think maybe it'll be a bit less one-sided than last season, but the Chiefs will easily get the throne for me. Yeah, I agree. Maybe a bit closer with the Chargers closing in, but ultimately it is the Chiefs division to lose. Onto the NFC, uh, NFC now, and with the NFC East, I have gone with the Dallas Cowboys. This is uh, in line with my um, my hopes for Dak Prescott this season. I really think he's going to be the key to their success this year, and I feel like um, his return will spark the Cowboys and they will head back to the top of the NFC East. Arif? Yeah, I had a really good think about this division. It took me a while. It was between the Cowboys and Washington. Did you lose sleep over it? Oh, I had many sleepless nights, Jack. Many sleepless nights. But, um, yeah, I, I eventually went with the Washington football team. I just think that defense is incredible. Yeah, that's right. You heard me, Jack. The Washington football team will win the NFC East. Riff. I think that... Do you forget who's that quarterback? Yes. I, I, I think there's a lot of... Do you forget? quarterback but um they managed it last season i know they went seven and nine but they managed it jack and their defense is incredibly strong and i think they're gonna surprise a lot of people fair enough well we'll see how that one goes emilian uh i was considering both those teams as well as the new york giants i think those three are are pretty even in terms of how good they are 
Um, Washington, they don't have a quarterback, but honestly, I hope they start Taylor Heineke. I think that they should give him a chance at least, and he could do good things for them. Um, they have a really solid defense and a good, uh, decent supporting cast for any quarterback that comes in. Um, the Cowboys, I think their offense is really stacked, but I'm still not sure. I'm not sold on Dak Prescott. I mean, a lot of people are talking about his return and how good he is, but he's never really proved he's an amazing quarterback. Um, so I'm still unsure about him. I went with the New York Giants, and I think their defense is going to take a big leap this year. Um, I think Daniel Jones is going to play pretty well, but the main factor is Saquon Barkley coming back. I think he's going to come back to his best and carry that offense and force the Giants to be a really good team. Well, a, a good team, uh, good enough to win the division, at least. Yeah, like in a million. Um, I was tossing up between the Giants as well, obviously, as they were um, one of my teams who I think will exceed expectations. I feel like they may, um, if they don't win the division, they may, um, or I think they will be competing for a wild card spot. But I do think the Cowboys will sneak in. On to the NFC North now. And um, to your surprise, guys, I've gone with the Chicago Bears. Um, I, I, I actually had the Packers as the winners halfway through last week, but um, the more I look at it, the more nauseous I felt. So I, I think it was in just my best interest if I changed the um, prediction. Um, Honestly, though, I think if the Bears don't win it, that they will be the second best team. I can't see the Vikings or Lions challenging. I think it all depends on how soon um, Fields gets under centre. Um, and it, the Bears are bigger known just because no one really knows how good or bad Dalton will be, just like no one knows when Fields will start or how good he will be. So it's, it's, I think the Bears are the biggest unknown in the division. But if things click for them and Fields is started at the right time, then I can't see why they don't um, win the division on the back of him, that offense and that defense. Million? Yeah, look, it was a bit of a debate between the Bears and the Packers for me. Uh, if you'd asked me a few weeks ago while there was still that sort of uh, mystery regarding Aaron Rodgers' uh, sort of status for this season, I probably would have gone with the Bears. But now that I know he's back, I can't go against him winning division. This is still his division, in my opinion. But I do expect the Bears to be competing, especially if Justin Fields uh, gets a lot of experience early. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with the Packers, but uh, I'm, I'm liking the Bears this season. I think they'll compete for it, though. Arif? I think uh, it will be a lot closer than last season or seasons previously. But I'm going to go with the Packers. I think I was in... I was definitely thinking about picking the Bears before Rodgers and Adams kind of committed to playing the 2021 season. So, yeah, the Packers for me. But next season, I definitely think the Bears will be up there. On now to the NFC South. And once again, this one's pretty clear cut in my opinion. Um, I've got the Buccaneers winning the division. Um I think the Panthers, while they probably will come second, I don't think they will be um, overly close to the uh, Buccaneers win total. Million. Yeah, as you said with the Panthers, I think they'll compete. But when you look at their games last year, they had so many close games. The only games they really got blown out in was those games against the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers are just a step above the rest of the division this year. I can't see anyone touch Brady and that offense as well. And yeah, the Buccaneers are going to win this pretty easily. Yeah, Buccaneers for me, they're returning all their starters. I think it will be a similar result to last year. Instead, they will be on top, not the Saints. So I think that will be the only difference. 
on to the final division now in our division predictions. And that is the, of course, the NFC West, which is, uh, which is um, undoubtedly the uh, most hotly contested division in the league. Um, we'll start with the two Seahawks fans, Arif. Yeah, well, um, I know Emilian gave me a bit of a mouthful for my prediction last year about picking the 49ers to win the division. And while I didn't think it was that bad of a prediction, I've learned my lesson this season. And I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks. I think year in and year out, they, they lose personnel, they have injuries, but they still manage to get to that 10 win mark. And I think they're going to definitely exceed that. I reckon they'll get between 12 and 13. And I think they'll take this division. I think this division is all about the um, divisional matchups. And really, they just need to um, win at least four of those six and they'll be the clear-cut division winners. Loop. Um, alrighty. So for me, it was it, obviously I, I have to go with the Seahawks just because they do have a shot and they're my team. So I can't go against them. Um, but if I had to speak objectively, I think the Rams have the most complete roster in that division. Um, but I expect all four teams to really be competing strong for it as long as they're all healthy. Um, it's going to be like I'm, I'm genuinely don't know who the favorite is from a non biased point of view. So I've gone with the Seahawks, but I'm not surprised if any one of these four teams takes the division. I agree. Um, any of the four could take it. I, I think, um, however, though, the LA Rams will win it, in my, in my opinion. Um, you know, quarterback is really the only one thing that they've been missing. Like, you know, you know, consistently good quarterback plays, the one thing they've been missing ever since their Super Bowl loss to the Patriots a few years ago. And they now have it in Matt Stafford. Um, He's finally out of Detroit and somewhere he can succeed with, um, you know, a great defense alongside him and um, weapons as well. So um, I think the Rams will win this division and it'll be off the back of Stafford and that Aaron Donald-led defense. They are our division winners predictions and we have got three more team predictions left and one of those is surprise wildcard teams and um, we have one each. And um, my surprise wildcard team um, probably isn't that surprising, but it's the same as my injury riddle team, that is LA Chargers. Um, if I had to charge, I think I probably would change it to the Panthers. I think both will make it um, as wildcards, but I think the Panthers would be more surprised wildcard team than the Chargers. So I'll go with the Panthers actually. Um, but yeah, you know, um, obviously talked at length about the Panthers before. So um, yeah, they're my team. Emilian? Um, well, I've gone with the team you were going to mention. Uh, I've gone with the Chargers. I think that um, they'll rise up this year uh, with a very tough AFC. When you think about it, you've got teams such as Bills, Dolphins, they'll be fighting um, in the AFC East. You've got the Browns and Ravens in the AFC North. Uh, you still have the Colts in the AFC South, I guess. And then you've got the Chiefs and Chargers battling it out in the AFC West. You've got a really strong conference as a whole. And I think the Chargers are going to emerge as the top wildcard team. Arif? I'm going to continue the theme with my bold predictions. And I'm going to say that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be a surprise wildcard team. I think that their division is very difficult to... Um, make in terms of well, in terms of making the playoffs it's going to be very difficult but if they can win some of their division games 
maybe even a bit flukily. I think they can make it in just based off their additions this offseason. Um, I, I, I think their defense is very strong. Their secondary is one of the most impressive in the league, in my opinion, in terms of um, youth and stuff. So I, I think they're a, they're a shot. Fair enough. Now, on to our Super Bowl predictions. And I am the um, self-acclaimed king of Super Bowl predictions based on last season with my um, Buccaneers Chiefs and then Bucks winning prediction. And guys, I've gone with it again. I've gone with the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Buccaneers in this uh, year's Super Bowl. Except, plot twist, I think the Kansas City Chiefs will actually defeat the Brady-led Buccaneers, I think, after getting heartbroken by Brady's Patriots in um, Kansas City a few years back. And then last season as a Buccaneer, I think Patrick Mahomes, um, who is my MVP and who will break the 5,500-yard passing yard barrier this season, will lead the Kansas City Chiefs to a um, big win in the Super Bowl over the Buccaneers. And that is my prediction. Emilia? I'm going to let Riff go first out of the two of us. I want to, I want to hear his pick first. All right. Interesting. Fair Riff, pressure's on, mate. Yeah. All the sleepless nights. Yes, this one was another tough prediction. But um, I've, I've gone with a, a very surprising Super Bowl team, and that is the Cleveland Browns versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. Or, or should I say the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because he's going to take them back to back. They're going to win another Super Bowl, even though um, the Browns will be led by Nicholas Chubb all the way through the AFC Championship game. I think they're going to potentially beat someone like the Chiefs in an upset. I, I think last year they were very unfortunate not to beat the Chiefs, and they're definitely going to make a bigger run than that, in my opinion. But um, I think the Bucks go back to back, and it, it wouldn't be that surprising, really, considering all their players from their Super Bowl winning team are back in terms of starters. So yeah, that's my prediction. Ballsy, Riff, ballsy, Emilian. Alrighty, out of the NFC, obviously I've gone with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We can't go against them. Uh, Tom Brady showed, reminded us why he's still in the league and why he's one of the best and the best to ever do it. And out of the AFC, I have gone with the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen was my MVP. He's going to break the passing yards record in a single season. The Bills will face their old nemesis, Tom Brady, in the Super Bowl to get their first ring. No, it will not happen. The Bucs will win this one. Tom Brady gets his eighth ring and solidifies his legacy. I think the Buccaneers are not stopping anytime soon. So the Bucs are going to beat the Bills in Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium. Bold team predictions now. It is our last team prediction of this blockbuster episode. And um, we're going to start with you, Riff. So for my bold team prediction, I've talked about this team quite a bit. The Cleveland Browns will be the AFC champions. I think that's reasonably bold. And as, as I've mentioned earlier with all my points, I think that Nick Chubb is going to play a big part in, in that I think their offensive depth has been it isn't as great as it has been last season, but with their starters, they'll manage. I think their defense is incredible. They're gonna give a lot of um, teams sleepless nights, like they give me occasionally when I make these predictions. But um, yeah, that's that's my bold prediction. Thank you, Riff. Emilian. 
Alrighty, um, this team we surprisingly haven't talked about all episode. Um, and I, my bold pit team prediction is that the Arizona Cardinals will make it to the NFC Championship. I think that they'll go into the playoffs as a wild card, uh, either as a five, six, or seven seed. And they'll they'll go through the each of the rounds. They'll win in the wild card round. They'll win the divisional, and then they'll ultimately lose to the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship. Good one. My one is despite all the last the last dance hype over Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams in Green Bay. This upcoming season, the Packers will not even make the playoffs. That's a big one. Um, it's the same, same one as last year, but sure. Huh? It's the same one you made last year, Jack, but let's see if... Like, oh, this is different because this is, this is about the last dance hype. This is about the last dance hype, so... Okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with it. Um, whether I really believe in it or not, I'm, I'm hoping it happens. So that's my belt 10 prediction. And that wraps up our team predictions for episode five of uh, season two of the Touchdown podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to us ramble on about our likely incorrect predictions for this season. If you did enjoy what you heard today, please go and check out our Instagram. If you haven't already, it's at touch.downer. We post all of our podcast content there. There's also some other juicy little tidbits for you to check out. So go and have a look there. Um, you can find our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts at Tashanda. And we will see you guys next week for episode six. See you guys later.